right, everybody, how's it going tonight? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we are back with our bloody category of vampires in the last movie that Fox picked. What'd you pick, Fox? I picked A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night. Such a long title. Long title and a long wait to watch it. Yeah, I've, been, I've had this on my list for a long time, too, actually. I didn't even know about it. Yeah, I've, I've been aware of it, but I always forget about it. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it, it was on Netflix for the longest time, and that's when I like added it to my list. That's when I'd heard about it, but like everything on my list on Netflix, it just never gets watched, and <laughs> eventually it disappeared. So. Same. But So this is a uh, foreign film uh foreign vampire film actually isn't it fox tell us about it a little bit it's an iranian film iranian iranian i'll just give you the imdb rundown though because this one's a little little tricky on the narrative i think but it's in the iranian ghost town bad city a place that reeks of death and loneliness the town's people are unaware they're being stalked by a lonesome vampire. Yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. I don't know how else I would uh, <laughs> summarize this movie. Surprised how like descriptive that summary is. <laughs> a town reeked with loneliness and despair. It's like what? It's really good. Some like nice, colorful word choices in that summary. Weirdly poetic for IMDb. Yeah, <laughs> they do have an open grave, so. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty. It is called Bad City, so I mean, can't be too great, I guess. I guess we should say spoiler heavy before we get too far in here. Yes, yes, there will be spoilers. We we're, we're gonna spoil this one, so if you haven't watched it, go watch it and come back. Or don't just listen if you don't care. Well, I guess what you guys think of a girl walks home alone at night? You know, I gotta say, I don't know what I was expecting. This wasn't what I was expecting. But I don't know if that was a bad thing necessarily. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Yeah, I yeah I, I don't know exactly what I thought it was either, but this is something different than that. But I do think I enjoyed it for what it is. I think it's it's a strange movie, but it's it, it works. I think for the most part. Yeah, it's a strange movie, and it's even stranger that uh, there's a vampire in this movie when you like look back on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like such a weird thing to be added in there, but you know, it works, I guess. Yeah, um, it's almost like coincidental. Oh, and she's also a vampire, by the way. Like, <laughs> but it feels like that was the choice from the beginning. But then I don't know, because the vampire's like a side character for a lot of it, but then she kind of becomes more of a main character, and the vampire doesn't really say that much, like at all. I think she says most of her dialogue. Um, to some little kid <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was creepy yeah it was very duality from the rest of it yeah i was suspicious if that whole kid thing was just a ploy to steal a skateboard because <laughs> <laughs> she really likes that skateboard after she gets a hold of it i was like hmm that looks like maybe i mean you know trying to make him be good in a terrifying way but also <laughs> on the plus side i also get a free skateboard out of this 
I didn't even think about her using that as a way to get the skateboard. <laughs> yeah. I guess I thought it was just a perk, but I think you might be right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure she ever actually I was planning on hurting that kid or not, but <laughs> who knows? Her ways are very mysterious, I think. Yeah, we don't really get to know her super well because she doesn't say a lot. So it's more through her actions that we get to know her character than anything else. But yeah, she's a vampire, and it doesn't like tell you how she became a vampire, and uh, it, it's that's just how it is. I like that. It's very different um, than our other vampire movies we have been watching. <laughs> kind of seems like a tribute to a lot of different genres and movies. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It has a weird, it's a very interesting aesthetic, I think. Yeah, it's like it's black and white. There's a lot of like interesting musical choices. They like throw a lot of songs in there that you wouldn't think of in a black and white movie, I would say. And there's a lot of like, you know, sand and desert stuff. The main character kind of looks like he's a greaser. Yeah, like a rockabilly kind of guy. Yeah, this kind of reminds me of uh, like an A24 movie. Just the, the style. It's more of a like an artsy movie than anything else, I would say kind of surprised it's not to be honest <laughs> it would fit in that's a little light on story for what a lot of a24 produces it is very ambiguous in the way it goes about what narrative there is i mean i hate to say it's like a slice of life like dazed and confused because there's a vampire but it does leave a lot of stuff for you to kind of fill in the blanks which i think is kind of the point maybe or like what they were going for at least yeah, I'd agree. You know, yeah, there's a lot of events that happened before. I don't know, you know it's what's going to happen after the movie, but there's a lot of, like, world building, weirdly, I think. It just kind of, at least maybe, like, tone building even might be the better word. It feels like it's a, a fictional, like, city with a, its own weird vibe and everything like that. It It could be based in reality somewhat. I mean, this movie is kind of a look at female empowerment over there so seen a lot of speculation that it might be a tribute to like sin city calling it bad city you know doing this uh the dark ambiguous place that could be anywhere i guess you know sin city's any major u.s city and this could be any major middle eastern city maybe or maybe just iran yeah it does have this kind of like disconnected from reality a little bit kind of more like uh the fantasy feeling to the town and the atmosphere of this movie. And I, I, I kind of like that. It's like, uh, I would say maybe drama, but also it feels like more of a coming of age story. Not like in a like 80s coming of age story, but like these people are coming to terms with their life. You know, I don't know how old these people are, but there's like a weird romance and, uh, they just like come to terms with how they're going to move forward in their lives. So I, I don't know how else to <laughs> put that in there, but maybe a coming of age story, <laughs> but I don't know a better term. And it's kind of, you know, it's even unclear like when this takes place, I think, just because there is, you know, like he's got that really old retro style car. They're listening to like records and stuff. I'd say it looked be the 50s or something. Yeah, I mean... It could be any time. I, I have no idea. Feels like, yeah, the look of, like, the main character looks like he's straight out of the 50s, but... I mean, the drug dealer's house, he had, like, the 
the speakers and stuff and when he was like snorting uh, some cocaine and <laughs> he did that really awkward dance where he like taking his shirt off and the vampire's just watching him like he had a pretty modern sound system it looked like and i think he had a tv there yeah he had a flat screen i think so it is kind of uh timeless it looks like as well like there's a couple other movies that do that where you can't really tell which time period you're in like it follows that's another movie that if you're like watching the background stuff you can't really pinpoint what time period that movie's in wasn't it 80s well they have like touch screens and stuff in that too though she's like got that weird like clamshell ipad thing that she's using yeah, she's got some iPad. There's a bunch of weird little things in the background in that movie, which you don't pick up the first time. And I feel like this movie is similar in that way, where it's kind of timeless. There's just weird things in the background that you can't really pinpoint what time period this is in. Yeah, and a lot of the music did not sound like the 50s, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, it was all over the place, yeah. Like, wasn't the first track in, it's like this weird, I don't know, was it like an accordion or violin thing going on? Very, like, almost French sounding? I don't know what it was exactly. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then, yeah, (laughs) then they have, like, yeah, New Wave, is that the genre? A lot of, like, more 80s style sounding stuff, and it's all over the place, which is, I I think it all kind of melts together, though, pretty well. It gives it kind of a dreamlike feel, I think. Exactly. Because she, like, pulls out a record, but then it's, like, playing some kind of indie, like, 2000s, 2010 sounding um, song. and Man, that was awful. Oh, what? I hated that song. <laughs> Man, I googled what that song was when I was watching. I was like, this is kind of good. The scene is kind of weird, um, but yeah. their, like, relationship dynamic is very weird, too. That guy is very out of his mind on drugs in that scene as well. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> the music's interesting because I feel like they use it to capture the emotions of the characters at the given time when they're playing it, as opposed to having them emote or, like, show a wide range of emotion. Yeah, that could be. That would explain all the different, like, the different styles, different time periods and stuff. They're just picking the ones that best showcase how they feel at that moment. Which was a neat way to do that, I think. I haven't seen many movies that attempt to do it like that. Yeah, most will just pick, like, a style and stick with it. They don't really have a lot of variety, I guess. But yeah, I do really agree with your dreamlike comparison to this movie tv because there's just so many odd things that are going on in the background the the music the the cars um it's just that kind of stuff that's going on the fashion even what they wear like you look at the main character well i guess the guy main character he's the greaser yeah the greaser looking guy and then that house he was working at um her fashion seemed pretty modern. He was hanging a flat screen on the TV, and this guy looks like he's from the 50s. I, th- I think that's my favorite part of this movie, is just kind of the atmosphere to it. And there's like a very lack of police involvement. I don't know if that's from this being a foreign film or something like that. Bad city. 
It's bad city, yeah. <laughs> it is bad city. There are no police. <laughs> yeah, there's just no police around. I mean, even when the guy's dad dies, like it, the police aren't there. They just drag him to that open grave, which is basically a river, and that's dried up, and toss him in. I mean, that's one of the first things you see in the movie, too. It sets the tone pretty well. Yeah, see, I don't get the dreamlike vibe from it. It's, for me, the dreamlike comparison, I think, is something like Mandy, for instance. Ooh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, this doesn't feel anything like that to me. It feels very, like, grounded, and these characters are in a bad situation, and they're just trying to do the best that they can in that situation, right? I agree. That is um, what's going on, too. Yeah, it's a lot less, like, uh, psychedelic than Mandy, for sure. It's more like a normal dream you might have, I guess, than a nightmare like Mandy. But. <laughs> yeah, Mandy's like a LSD movie or something like that. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> I do think that dream-like uh, feel, though, I mean, I would agree with you, TV, on that, but I think it comes from like those old silent films. Like, I think this plays a lot of tribute to Nosferatu, or like the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah, that doctor, <laughs> which are like, you know, supposed to be dreamlike, but it was way back in the day, so they just had painted sets and a lot of shadows to use. I do really like the look of the film, though. It's shot so well. There's points in this film where I can, like, see the colors, even though it's black and white. Like, they do such a good job at setting that up. It's, it's crazy. I, I, that doesn't happen a lot. I don't think, at least for me, but it it's a gorgeous movie. It looks amazing, I think, yeah. Just the black and white fits so well with the, the vibe of the movie. I don't know. I guess with black and white movies, you know, it's like it's an artistic choice or is it just what they had to do because that's the budget, you know, and film looks better in black and white because then you don't have to worry about other aspects as much. But I think in this movie, I think it is for the better that it's in black and white just because it does create some sort of like moody feel to the city and everything yeah well and you wouldn't be able to do some of the shots as well in color like i'm thinking when the vampire is on the skateboard and just going along the wall and she looks like a shadow until she reaches a hand out or something Ooh, that was so creepy and so cool and it's like i don't think they could have done that and made it as effective if it was in color yeah, it's it's always a fun thing to watch when directors play with shadows in a black and white movie because uh, I think of like The Lighthouse, like the shadows and colors in that movie, it's black and white or, you know, that's part of the movie and that's how it is with this one too. Like you kind of noticed at first I wasn't expecting this to be in black and white, but then, I mean, you're just okay with it from there on. I was like, yeah, it looks good. Especially when she's in her lair too. That helps out a lot there. Like when she lies, they have her lying on the bed and then she rises up like she's coming out of the coffin or something. That was nice. I liked that. Pretty much everything with the vampire I liked quite a bit. So they do such a good job of making her very menacing and creepy, but not in like a direct upfront kind of way until she's ready to strike. It's really well done stalker kind of thing going on there and it's real creepy 
<laughs> and the music choices and the black and white of the film that all works perfectly for what they're doing and even like her wardrobe like i i don't know what they call that that the women wear over there that being her cape that was so that was such a cool way to implement that and then that ties in with the whole female empowerment thing um for the middle east too which is nice yeah i'm surprised how creepy that va- they really do manage to make that vampire feel because she's wearing like a you know just a quote-unquote cloak thing going on which is awesome and then but she's got that like striped shirt underneath just like a normal shirt but she's scary you know when i think when the first scene when she's uh stalking the car of the drug dealer guy and you just like see her walking past the windows and stuff oh geez like <laughs> even when she breaks into or she doesn't break in he lets her in but uh she gets creepy when she's just like staring at him but that actress does an amazing job with her eyes of just uh it's so unnerving when she just starts staring them down you you hit it on the head it's very unnerving the performance it's very different than any of the other vampire movies we've watched because like yep <laughs> dracula is very suave you know and he's talking and uh the vampire in this movie she just seems kind of like an alien observing humanity for most of it like she's just watching or mimicking movements She's just kind of watching, like, oh, so this is how humans do this, you know? <laughs> Especially when she's watching a guy get high off coke and dancing. <laughs> she's just like, all right, I'm going to go look at your trap set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a cool symbol. All right, now I'll kill you. I did like that scene quite a bit um, where she stuck the guy's finger back in his mouth. Oh, jeez, <laughs> that was awesome. That dude was like sticking his finger in every woman's mouth. And I'm just like, man, this guy's nasty. (laughs) She did it back to him with his finger a bit off. I was like, oh, yeah, that's good. (laughs) That's what he gets. Yeah, that was great. That was good. So I guess here's a question. Do you guys think the main character, the guy, I I forget his name, the greaser, do you think he realizes that she's a vampire I think she he comes to terms that she is a murderer from what she's like, I've done bad things, and she, he saw her leaving drug dealer's house, and he also figured out that she killed his dad. But do you think that he realizes she's not human? I don't know if he knows that much. I think he knows something suspicious and you know dark about her, but I don't know if he realizes exactly what she is. And he, he comes to accept it in the end of the movie. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with whatever this is now, but... I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows what she is, you know? I just... she's To them, she just looks like a girl walking around. I just was curious because they have that whole dynamic where he's Dracula at that costume party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she's an actual vampire, so... That was hilarious. When he leaves that note, this is from Dracula. <laughs> and I was just like, this is a, such a cool dynamic. It's so funny, yeah. There's a lot of good dark humor in this, surprisingly. I guess I'm kind of curious about her motives a little bit. I feel like she's mostly kind of a dark but good person. Because she's... Mostly what we see her do is target bad people. She, But she does eat that homeless guy or whatever that one time so 
I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, vampires got to do what they got to do, but it seems like she gets the, uh, he, she robs the drug dealer and gives all his stuff to the, the prostitute. So I don't know. It feels like she's not bad, I guess, but I don't know. I guess it's just complicated. I think in that scene where they listen to the music, it kind of helps explain what her like motives and deal is. Cause she just about offs him. It looks like, like she's thinking about it. So I think, you know, she wants to be a good person. (laughs) Yeah, but she's hungry. She's got to drink some blood, and sometimes those vampire urges might get the better of her despite her efforts to be good, which I think, you know, is kind of that duality again, just like with our main guy. You know, he wants to be a good guy, but he still steals some diamonds and sells drugs. He becomes the thing he hated. Yeah. People want to be good, but they have needs. Yeah. Not completely. He gets out before it gets too bad. I guess, yeah. I mean, he gives the rest of it to his dad, who goes on a drug binge and ends up getting killed. Which, I mean, you can't blame that totally on him, but he does give him back the drugs. But at that point, I think he was pretty much fed up with him, so... Yeah, he'd been taking care of him uh, for who knows how long, probably forever. Because he was addicted to some pretty wicked stuff, it looked like. Yeah, the spoon cooking scene was pretty gnarly. <laughs> really. Yeah, I do think this is an interesting like view at vampires too. Just because most vampire movies, maybe it's the ones we've been watching, um, but all the ones I've seen before too, they're kind of like focused on what's the motivations of the vampire. How do we kill it? How do we deal with the vampire? And like there's none of that in this movie. You just kind of have to assume her motivations from her actions because she barely says any lines of dialogue in this movie. Yeah, I was waiting for it to turn to like uh, a hunt for the vampire because they figured it out or something, but it never does. I thought she would become the antagonist at the end, but no, it it kind of subverted my expectations in that regard. They kind of run away together at the end instead of have their confrontation like you might expect from other movies. It's really interesting, because do you think she realizes she killed his dad, too? That's what I want to know. Like, he's obviously very shaken up when uh, he sees the cat, and then he kind of starts acting weird, and he has a scene where he's like, stops the car and walking out there, and she's just watching him. It's it's interesting. There's, like, so much tension and stuff that's happening between those characters, but there's no dialogue spoken, really. They never talk about it, yeah. So that that was really pretty cool, just to be able to see them, or this director, make that kind of tension and those character dynamics without much dialogue, really. It's a testament to the actors as well for being able to pull that off, too. Yeah, definitely. The way they're looking at each other and stuff. Yeah, especially at the end. Yeah, it just you you can tell there's a lot of like yeah confliction going on in that guy's mind about what he should should do in this moment. I I did think it was funny too, how in his note he was like, "Meet me at the power plant." I was like, "What a romantic place, the power <laughs> plant!" But it, 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 it looked pretty cool in black and white. But it looked awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You want a a hamburger?" <laughs> Probably because is. Away from the city and from all the crap, I would assume. 
Yeah, they can distance themselves from uh, their problems, you know. I do think you're right, Dan, about the female empowerment thing. I like that take on it. It makes a lot of sense, just especially, you know, the title, Girl Walking Home Alone at Night. Like, that's a scary thing. You'd assume that's a bad thing, but this <laughs> this girl actually has it handled pretty well, I think. Well, it ties ties into the um, the history in the Middle East with the repression of women and stuff like that and how that's slowly been changing and getting better over time. That's kind of how what um, the vampire represents in this because she only goes, well, besides the homeless guy, um, she only goes after the men who are being abusive to the other women in the film. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was trying to figure out like the symbolism and dynamics there. Um, but I just don't know enough about the history of Iran exactly to figure out what the symbolism of her being a vampire is. I, I just don't know. So, and I didn't read anything about this outside of us. I just kind of wanted to talk about it with, uh, with you guys and see if we could dissect it and figure it out. But I just don't know enough. The only thing that, that came to mind for me that was like, it's kind of obvious, but like the, the oil machines digging up the oil is like the blood of the earth or whatever. Ooh, yeah. That was good imagery. That's the only thing I could could come up with with like <laughs> symbolism. But I said, it's kind of cool, cool idea. Another layer I didn't see there. That's that's pretty interesting. You should do film reviews or something. TV. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> <Gee, thanks. laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Maybe start a podcast or something. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Get a, get a letterbox, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow me on Letterbox, Dan. <laughs> I need more people on there. Did a little bit of reading after watching it, and some stuff from the director. And she uh, said something in an interview about how, like, you know, being a vampire is what gives the girl agency to walk home alone at night in a place where that's, you know, typically a pretty bad idea. But she felt like her really, like, only big political statement was um, the drag queen rockabilly and the dancing scene. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. That's interesting. Like, I noticed that that was in there, but I just didn't think twice about it. That bypassed me completely. I, I saw it, but I, I just didn't think twice about it. But yeah, for... The area this movie came out, I bet that would have been, yeah, a pretty big political statement. Yeah, that did not cross my mind. I forgot it was even in the movie at all until you just mentioned it again. Yeah, I guess because rockabilly, as they're called, <laughs> is supposed to kind of be like the uh, the silent witness to everything. Because they're always standing in the background in the cowboy outfit watching in a lot of scenes. Not always. Doing like a dance with the balloon. Oh, yeah. That was weird. That felt like David Lynch or something when that happened. It's like, what are you doing? Get back to the other stuff. <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> That's what I thought. I forgot she was in there the rest of the time, too, so... Yeah, I don't know. Oh, I find it hard to believe she wasn't going for the female empowerment angle, considering everything that happens in the movie, too. <laughs> yeah, but I think she just meant, like, like the big statement she was trying to make because like you know it's not like 
regular women have the agency to do what the vampire does, despite the vampire having the ability to. Interesting. I don't know, that kind of seems out of place, though, in this, trying to put that as a big political thing. That's fair. I didn't see a lot of reasoning on the why. Yeah, like, because most of it's just, like, weird filler scenes for whatever reason, so, which I was gonna bring up. They do have a lot of weird just filler scenes in this. I think they could have left out, like, all that rockabilly stuff, for example. Um, uh, I, I, I'm trying to think of some others. That's not coming to me at the moment, but it, it wasn't a ton, but... I mean, it's very long and drawn out, and yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm fine with long, drug-out movies as long as, like, everything in it, like, is servicing to the plot or the story, you know? I didn't feel like everything in this did that. I kind of like that about it, though. I just, it is long and there's some weird stuff, but it all adds to the mood and the tone for me, I think, and just kind of creates a vibe that I... I just kind of get entranced with the movie a little bit, I think. Yeah, but they already had that vibe, too. Like, it could sub out that with more of the vampire stalking and eating people or things like that. Get some more creepy stuff with that. Yeah, I guess they could. I don't know. I'm pretty happy with what we got. Yeah, I kind of view this more as like an art film. And when I watch an art film I kind of view it with a different lens where it's like hey I know I'm not always going to enjoy this and it might be slow and different and that's kind of how I felt with this one so I appreciate more of the like layers and the small character dynamics in this more than like how I felt while watching it so that's kind of how I view this one looking back I get that and I agree too but padding's padding yeah, no. True, true, yeah, and it, it, it works differently for different people, so it, it all depends. I'm having a hard time thinking of anything that I would, thought was, besides the dancing scene with the balloon, but I can't think of anything that I would want to get rid of. I like the the narrative. It feels like there's not a lot in there, plot-wise, and there kind of isn't, but at the same time, it does have a lot a lot still it's just like all in the background for the most part and you don't experience it with the character main characters for the most part it's really weird but it's in, like it's interesting because i mean obviously the the dad and the son um the wife's dead or whatever and the dad got addicted to drugs and everything dealing with it and now the son's having to work whatever he can do to help pay it off and then the whole drug dealer angle and him um with his car and then stealing to get the money to get him out of the situation and then he finally gets what he needs and gets tired of dealing with his dad and all that like there's a lot there but it feels very in the background which is really weird <laughs> yeah it's like it lets your brain fill in the blanks a little bit instead of showing us everything which yeah because when you watch it you're like oh, this seemed pretty bare bones but when you think about it you're like it, the film gets across a lot without really addressing it <laughs> exactly yeah it's kind of cool how they do that they do that with the vampire a lot too because it's like she's there when all this 
background info is occurring, but the main focus is on her stalking the people, really. It's a unique way to do it. And then, then of course, they have the, like, romance thing between her and the dude, too, so that's in there. That's more forefront, though. Yeah, which I wasn't expecting that angle, either. It kind of surprised me, but I really liked that part about it, too. It felt very natural, even if he was, like, drugged out of his mind, you know? <laughs> that connection when they, like, hug each other. I was like, oh. the va You could tell that the vampire's just as confused, you know? Just like, whoa, I didn't see this coming. Yeah, she she's an alien, you know? <laughs> Doesn't know what to do. Yeah, I read another review that I think kind of summed up how I felt about all the, the ambiguity and the the way it kind of feels in the background, which was that it gives the impression you're witnessing something iconic and important unfold. Not always sure what that is, but you know it's a big deal for some reason. Hmm, yeah, that's interesting. You're not sure why it's iconic, but this is definitely a, a touchstone in both of their lives. Yeah, exactly. It's like you don't always know when that big moment is, but... <laughs> Or what it is, or why it is. I don't know. I There's like a fine line, I think, between a movie like having a bad plot and being like, oh, well, we just wanted to let, you know, the watcher decide for themselves. Or like one being ambiguous and giving you some leeway to interpret how you want to interpret. I think for me, this one leans to the better side of that. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that, too. It's not bad by any means. I mean, it like it presents a lot of interesting dynamics and a look in at these characters' lives, even if we don't like get a lot with them necessarily. I think they show us just enough to kind of understand everybody. That's about it. Just just the the bare minimum they need to, and then yeah, they let you kind of your brain fill in the blanks and stuff. I saw that a band in Belgium had written an alternative soundtrack for it and done it live. And I feel like that kind of plays up some of the themes. I feel like I feel like you could put in a number of like songs that you personally like over the songs in the movie and still have it fit. Like I just feel like it gives you a lot of room to really like decide how you feel the story is played out. Do it. Make your own soundtrack of it. Maybe I will. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to hear it. The Fox Cut. A girl and Fox Jackson walk home at night. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'd watch it. Well, I guess we ready for some overall presentation? I think I'm ready. I think so. Well, we got a scale we use to rate these movies. It goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We all give a little spiel about what we think of the movie, and then we try to average it out at the end if we can, so... Who knows where we're going to land with this mysterious, um, maybe not so black and white movie. Mm. Ooh. Ah, but yes, hmm, here I am again today, yes. Got a story just, for us? Give me about, give me a few seconds to just kind of think about some stuff real quick. There's a lot of rumors going around my area I live in. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about this. You live kind of close to me, but there's like this mysterious guy who just walks around at night. And no one really knows exactly what they're up to. And one night, you know, I was just taking a walk and I happened to run into this mysterious stranger. 
And to my surprise, <laughs> it was Mike. <gasps> oh my gosh. Wait, I do not hang out in <laughs> neighborhoods at night. <laughs> Mike, he told me he, he was walking home alone at night. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of weird, but okay. Was, was he asleep? Was he asleep? <laughs> he might have been sleepwalking, actually. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> it does happen. He was kind of walking weird. Um, you know, kind of sometimes I felt like he was mimicking my movements, but luckily, you know, while he was mimicking me, I tricked him. I was like, I will go first. And then <laughs> Mike repeated to me, I will go first. So, you know, I think you have to live up to your your statement there. I will, but I'll put the disclaimer. I do not hang out in neighborhoods after dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, while I watched this movie, I was kind of like, yeah, this is taking a while. I don't know what's going on here. But the more I think about it after I've seen it, the more I kind of like some of the subtle nuances in this movie and the things that make it feel kind of like a dreamlike experience. Um, Bad City just feels kind of uh, like a fantasy realm. And that's that's interesting. I like that this director and the actors can get a bunch of emotion and character tension and dynamics in scenes where there's not much dialogue. That's really cool to watch. And there's some other layers to this, I think, too, that I didn't even pick up. I'm going to give this one a watch it. I do not regret watching it at all. Good pick, Fox. Yeah, I guess, you know, I, I too, at times, was kind of watching it and was like, yeah, this, you know, it's got to take it a little while to get where it's going. I mean... But it's an art film. You're right. I think it, uh, like I said in the beginning, pays a lot of tribute to a lot of different genres and movies. There's definitely some uh, inspiration from like spaghetti westerns and old samurai movies in there, as well as like silent films like Nosferatu that show up and really uh, play into the look of the movie. You know, Mad Mike gave some really good metaphors on the art angle here. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know, this was kind of like being at an art museum and looking at a lot of different scenes and stills and emotions and feelings. And the more I think about it, the more I'm inclined to give it a buy. You know, I came into this with the intent for a watch, but man, the more we talked about that, the more I enjoyed it. That's a buy. This one has set pretty well with me after I've watched it too. It's been kind of like lingering in my brain a little bit. Um, I just I really enjoyed just the kind of the vibe of the movie. The tone was really cool. The style, the visuals, the acting was really good in this movie too. Everything comes together so nicely and creates this atmosphere that's just it's just cool. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else to say honestly. I just I think it's cool. I think there's a lot of layers to it too. I think the more I talk about it, the more I've kind of thought about it critic more critically, it's like there there's some stuff in here that's really interesting the way they they kind of pull this movie off, what they're trying to say with it, even that kind of stuff. Um, I'm gonna give it a bite as well. I really liked it. It's pretty cool. It's a lot different than I expected it was gonna be, but it was different in a lot of the right ways. So I'm gonna give it a bite. Yeah, this is a neat little movie. Um, the gorgeous film. Like, one of the best-looking black-and-white movies I've seen, I think. Um, the way they use the music is interesting. Doesn't always fit, I don't think, but it's not supposed to either. 
because it really felt to me like they were using it to showcase the characters' emotions instead of having the characters do it all themselves. Um, so it's really interesting. And the way they tell the story is interesting too. It presents it all there for you and you have to patch it together yourself a little bit. It's not like it's a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle or anything. It's just there's usually something else going on that's got your full attention. Mainly the vampire, which she's the best part of this, I think. All the most memorable scenes are with her. And I kind of wish we had a little bit more of her in this and a little less of other stuff. Because I, I do think the um, plot suffers a bit from the style that they're going for in this film. I would have liked some more well-rounded characters to latch on to and give it kind of a stronger story than what we're presented with because it really is just a look in at these characters and their um, current situation. There's some metaphors going on in it too, like we talked about. I don't think it's necessarily as deep um, as what our other co-hosts think, but um, that's not a bad thing either. I, I'm going to stick with a watch it, I think, though. I enjoyed it. I thought it was is a fun movie to watch, but I don't know. It, it's not going to... Some of the shots will stick around with me for a bit, but I liked it decent enough just, just to watch it from me. Hey, I guess we've, we've entered that area of uh, watch it and buy it. <laughs> yep. The in-between. The area we hit quite a bit... The realm between realms. <laughs> the category between categories. Nobody knows what truly lurks in there, but it must be good because it's between a watch it and a buy it, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so check it out in some way or another, you know? So we finally finished with vampires, but it's time for a new category. And it's a category I'm a little unclear about, but we're doing grim dark movies. It's... What, Mike, you explain it. You were telling me about this. So grim dark movies are like they have dark settings and dark themes, but they're kind of based in reality as well. Uh, they can be like dark fantasy, dark sci-fi. Think like Warhammer um, 40K, if you know what that is. Yeah, that's good stuff. The tone that Warhammer 40K puts out that oozes grim dark and there's there's some pretty good lists on imdb too that have like a bunch of p movies that people consider to be grim dark as well so if we're, we're gonna kind of figure out the category too as we're going through it they should make a warhammer 40k movie though we can argue event horizon if we ever review that one but that's not my pick i'm picking children of men Ooh, that was like my other pick on <laughs> treat yourself like I was like Gattaca or Children of Men, so I'm about it. This is another movie that's been on my list on Netflix for like years. I, I'm pretty sure it's not even on there anymore. They probably removed that too, but I remember having it on there. I mean, like this sounds cool, and then I never watched it. Yeah, I always see people online being like, "You want to lose all faith in life? Just watch Children of Men." <laughs> Oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> I'm glad we're doing it, I guess, to see if it's that horrible. That's very exaggerated. <laughs> Good pick, Dan. I'm about it. 
In the meantime, if any of your listeners out there want to get in contact with us, you want to send us your thoughts and opinions about a girl walks home alone at night, you can uh, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at runtherealpodcast.gmail.com. We want to know your thoughts about a girl walks home alone at night. Tell us about vampire movies you like too. I want to hear more. I don't really, I don't think I've watched that many vampire movies, honestly. So I'm always looking for more good ones, at least. So hit us up. Yeah. But thanks for listening to us tonight. Uh, we really appreciate it. This is Run the Real signing off. Mm-hmm.